How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. But we've got plenty more to talk about throughout the day today, including some massive news that came from overnight yesterday out of Europe. The swimming wheel champs are on at the moment. And I tell you what, if this isn't precedent-setting for sport worldwide, I don't really know what would what is. It could prove to be a landmark vote, which changes the way many sports handle in the area, which has been highly scrutinised for many years now. FINA, Swimming's World Governing Body, has voted to stop transgender athletes from competing in women's elite races if they have gone through any part of the process of male puberty. They will also aim to establish an open category at competitions for swimmers whose gender identity is different than their birth sex. Dr David Gerard is Swimming New Zealand's president. He's also a Commonwealth Games gold medalist himself in his very own right, and he spent a lifetime in medicine and sports science, becoming a professor of medicine at Otago University. He's with us now out of Budapest, where the world champs are happening. Evening to you, David. How are you doing? Oh, kia ora. I'm I'm doing well. It's a little bit warmer over here than I believe it is in uh, back home. Oh, it's fresh. You know what a good crisp. Um, yeah. Oh well, you oh, you spent a lot Dunners. of time in Dunners, mate. Oh. Gee whiz, how cold would it be there in uh, mid June? I did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was a scarfy down there, and then spent some time, uh, a significant amount of time, at the university. So I know exactly what you mean. Hey, you've had a fascinating career in your own right, David. I think another time I'd love to talk to you about your all the different caps and hats you've worn throughout the, the years, but in particular now in this role and being over there at the World Championships with this vote, which I think is extremely significant for a, a lot of different sports in the landscape in general, how do you explain what's gone on and the enormity of what FINA has been able to do here? Sure. Well, you, you're quite right. It, it, it is a, a very significant move by FINA uh, groundbreaking and, and quite historic. But I would have to point out that, that what FINA has done may not may not suit other international federations because, you see, what we're wrestling with here is the, the sort of three-pronged attack as to how we deal with inclusivity, fairness, and safety. And for FINA, uh, yesterday we heard exceptionally good um, information proposed by specialists in, in medicine and endocrinology and exercise physiology. We heard from lawyers who were versed in, in, in um, you know, the, the international law regarding such things as transgender. Uh, the, the, then, then this was followed by two female athletes who were iconic in their own right. Summer Sanders, a, a USA Olympic gold medalist, and, and Kate Campbell, um, the Australian who was a multi-world and Olympic champion. And their voice really resonated throughout the room because despite the, the good, hard evidence produced by the science and then backed up by, by the, the legal fraternity, these women really gave the opinion of the biological female athlete and the importance it was to protect their rights. And I think that was the nub of the matter. Um, Inclusivity is important, and, and this is not meant to be a, a transphobic 
decision that FINA has made. Um, transgender people are welcome in aquatic sport, but we've got to balance their needs against the requirements and the needs and the rights of over 50% of the world's population, namely biological women. And so that was the balance. It was fine. It was justified. And I think FINA has come up with a, uh, a solution that's going to make uh, life a lot easier for um, the many, many female athletes who have been wondering what, what will happen. And, and the likes of Leah Thomas in the United States was the case that focused a lot of attention on aquatic sport. Hey, David, I, I just want to take my hat off to everyone involved in this uh, this vote and this decision and what a courageous decision it has been from FINA and its members, 71% yeah. of members voting uh, for this change of inclusivity, fairness and, and of course, safety, which has been right yeah. at the forefront um, on everyone's lips when you're talking about this. And I, I agree with you, it's not about transphobic um, statements or whatever. But the question no. I have, where do you see this standing in sport with FINA's decision, um, especially for other sports that are trying to cope with the same issue? Yes, yes. Well, I, I see FINA as, as, as being a bit of a trailblazer, I think, as an, in, an international federation with, with an investment in, in, in fairness. Um, it won't be the same uh, as we found with the pronouncement by World Rugby a, a year or so ago, which looked at safety rather than fairness. You, you know, you could imagine a transgender female rugby player, um, biologically male, who has come into the sport with all the physical attributes that that male testosterone levels imbue their bodies with in terms of height. I mean, I have I have no permission to use him as an example, but just imagine if Richie McCaw decided to transgender and come back and play women's rugby. He he has benefited from male puberty. He is the the size he is. He's got the um, cardio-respiratory capacity, he's got the muscle strength and all those characteristics that differentiate males from females and that's essentially why we have what we term binary sport, fairness to the female. So if if Richie came back and, and, and wanted to play in, in women's rugby, um, you know, the, the danger to other players, this is the safety issue that is the balance that World Rugby looked at. FINA was looking more, apart from water polo, which is a, an aquatic discipline, of course, where, where safety would be an issue, um, there's no really necessary safety requirements in the pool. Um, swimmers swimming in, in individual lanes are not going to impede each other's uh, progress. So it's more fairness. So what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way is that one size does not fit all, but FINA mm. at least has investigated the science, the objective evidence, which is irrefutable, and then come in with the, the legal opinion, and then on the balance of, you know, proportionality, uh, given the, the vote to fairness over inclusivity. And, I mean, that was the nub of the matter yesterday. Yeah, David, it, it, it absolutely was. And, look, I thought that you said a name before, Sharon Davies, and, it, look, I, I think one of the things that she said, which I thought was quite poignant, was sport by definition is exclusionary. We don't have 15-year-old boys racing in the under-12s. We don't have a heavyweight boxes no. with the bantam weights. The whole reason we have lots of different classes and Paralympics is so we can create fair opportunities for everybody. And I yeah. think that really hits yeah. the nail yeah. on the head. And now I know a lot of the attention will turn to this open class. And I think, yeah. as you say, well, not one size fits all, but an open class has been mooted for many sports in this situation before. What 
um, I guess, what guarantees did you get from FINA that they were going to act swiftly so nobody was left out and we could get it open mm. class up and mm. running? Well, I think the FINA president made this statement right at the very end of the discussion and it was long and, and, and uh, somewhat convoluted debate, but it gave every national federation that was present in the room, uh, over 180 of them, an opportunity to ask the right questions. And he said at the end that um, the door is not closed. Transgender athletes um, will be given an opportunity. How they're going to configure the open category still remains unresolved. And I think that's the, you know, the work that's still in progress. And, and that's the thought that, that uh, he left us with. So to be quite honest, I can't, I can't give you a definitive answer apart from saying that we're not talking about a huge number of athletes. Right. And that's that's part of the, you know, the debate we're having. You know, do we, do we do we expressly preserve the right of 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 biological female athletes or do we consider the the rights of a very very few number of of transgender athletes that have got to the elite level and and that and that's the balance of um, if if I said to you for example that there are 14 and 15 year old boys swimming you know good young male swimmers who are swimming times that would win olympic gold medals if they were swimming in in the women's category and it's exactly the same in track and field there's there's been research done to show that these are changes that are that, that are consistent with the development of young males and the effects of testosterone on puberty where testosterone levels are 10 to 15 uh, times higher and, and it's, it's kind of, we, we've got to get like against like. It would mm. be like asking Dame Sophie Pascoe, an iconic Olympian, to race against somebody who has two limbs, two lower limbs. And, and, and Sophie, as, a, as a, an amputee, um, is, is racing against people with, with similar disability. And I think that comparison needs to be drawn and, and we need to be reminded of, of, of the fairness that, that is the fundamental premise upon which FINA made its decision. David, I, I, I really do get the fairness, the, the side of that equation. Um, and yes, you don't want to put people who are, who are running and swimming in Olympic times um, with, with the wrong makeup. You know, that's just that's yeah. logical. Um, but when you're talking in, in, inclusivity, for instance, you're to, mm. it, it doesn't matter to me whether it's one or it's 100. How, how are you getting that voice to the table so that it's going back into the, the, the right areas to talk about um, the decision making and the process as far as an equity um, position goes? So, so do you, my, my question is, do you have transgenders sitting in through the decision making? Athletes well, sitting the in consult- yeah, yeah. No, no, that's a very, very good question. Um, the independence of this um, expert group that was uh, assembled by FINA um, did consult with with uh, people who are well versed in in transgender. I, I'm there were no transgender athletes um, on on the the group, um, but but consultation was made and and respect and understanding for the the rainbow community, shall we say, uh, was was inherent in what they were saying. But at the end of the day. Um, I'm afraid it just came down to to fairness for the majority, and not closing the doors on inclusion. Um, and I know I'm starting to repeat myself, but um, you know we've we've got to draw a line in the sand. Sport New Zealand at the moment is looking at engaging in recreation and community sport, and allowing complete um, 
un, unrestricted participation by transgender um, athletes. Now that's that's good, and 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 I would welcome that. But I ask Sport New Zealand, where do you draw the line? Where do you say to a transgender athlete who joins a club and starts to do pretty well um, and makes a team or or performs in an individual sport, and then wants to compete at a provincial level or maybe even trial for a, a national team? Um, suddenly you say, look, I'm sorry, this is as far as you can go. Um, is, is that right? Is that fair to them? Are we limiting their uh, development in sport? Uh, so, I mean, I think that's an issue that needs to be considered very, very closely as well in, in, this, in this general discussion. And, of course, when I make these statements, I'm, I'm accused of being misogynist, homophobic, transphobic, of you name course. it. I've yep. been called all those things. But... Honestly, as a former Olympian who competed during the East German era, mm. now the men, the men that I swam against weren't as, uh, as uh, benefited from the testosterone that was given to the, the East German athlete. It was mainly the women that benefited from that. But nonetheless, I, I was a part of that era. And now as a, a physician looking back, I, I say that that's no different. You know, whether the anabolic agents are of your own natural making or they're, they're given to you artificially, um, the rules should be the same for, for all people. And that's why FINA expects athletes in the transgender, who have transgendered to, to limit their testosterone levels to 2.5, which is about the level of physiological level for all women. You guys in the room and, and I will have a testosterone level, you know, somewhere between 30 and 40. But the physiological limit for women is around two. And that's what FINA has done, implementing that objective measure as yeah. part of the process. And so um, that's, that's part of the way they've approached it. And it's certainly um, uh, evidence-based. It's scientifically based. And, um, yeah, I, I, I feel that that's, that's the way I can best explain to you. We've Very probably, good. Um, Got got off the question, no, but, no, um, but I hope that that helps. No, yeah. you've you've been um, wonderful with your explanation, um, uh, Doctor. Hey, David, it's a really appreciate you. And just from afar, and obviously not being in the room yeah. and not knowing the ins and outs of it, it does seem like Fina has handled this in a really tactful way, and it's science yeah. based. But yeah, as I say, from afar and listening to you, I know you would have been called those names before, and people do cop unfair criticisms when you put oh, your yeah, neck on yeah. the line. And I know that it's water off a duck's back to someone like yourself, but um, you know. Can Congratulations to getting to this point. And th actually, just thank you for coming on the show and explaining it in a fair and kind of concise oh, way that you have. No, look, thank you very much for the opportunity. And you mentioned Sharon Davies before. Just bear in mind that Sharon swam during that East German era, and it cost her a gold medal. She was a silver medalist to a, an East German swimmer who was subsequently proven to be using mm. anabolic steroids. And that was the difference. And that's what really matters. You know, when you think of fairness in sport, you think of of those issues that we the problems we had with the Chinese swimmers and track and field athletes. So we don't want history repeating itself in that regard. And then I think we've entered an era now of 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 you know considering inclusion in lots of different ways. And this is just another challenge to us all. We want to be as fair as we can, but we've got to be fair to the the the, the proportion the greatest proportion of athletes who are going to be affected by this. And there'll always be some casualties along the way and yeah, you and I have got to be thick-skinned enough to, to handle that and do our very best. And that's why I, I, I love what I do. It's a voluntary job. I'm over here working for the next two weeks, um, 
you know, tracking down COVID cases and trying to keep the athletes um, free of COVID and the officials. And, and we've got a medical team that, and we just enjoy the privilege of being back in the sport that we love. And, and um, hey, that's for me the most important thing. Now, we might have to catch up with you on the actual swimming and uh, talk some New Zealand swimming yeah. before it's all said yeah. and done. Dr. Yeah. David Gerard, Swimming New Zealand President. It's been great to catch up. All the best. Thank you, David. Cheers and many thanks. Bye-bye. There you go. Uh, clear, concise, fair. Awesome. Absolutely. Look, uh, I played with and against uh, players that were taking anabolic steroids. And I can tell you, I always wanted this one one player. We knew that this other one, one player who I played against was on them. But this one player when I was a lot younger, I had no idea. His body shape was poor, you know what I mean? But he had a motor on him, and I used to always wonder, how can you get through 80 minutes like that? And it was 10 years later that it came out that throughout his whole career, and this guy played international football, um, was, on, was on anabolic steroids. I just think it's so unfair, you know? And when he's talking fairness, level playing field, Mate, if you want to have that type of attitude, then go into what they call the open class and all of you take it and get on with it. Yep, fair enough, Kempi. I don't have an experience like that, but I can see where you're coming from. Sorry, ex-president, Swimming New Zealand ex-president, Dr. David Gerard. Just clarification there, sweet typo on my end. 23 minutes past seven, I've got some breaking news for you around Jesse Bromwich, who has been named the New Zealand Kiwis captain. He's going to lead the Kiwis against Tonga. That's just come through straight into the mailbox, hot off the press. We'll get Kimby to react to that in a wee bit. We're also going to pick our full black for our great selection, AB's 23. But if you've got any thoughts from Dr. David Gerard there on double eight double three, of course, respectfully, and uh, look, I know this can be a, a hot topic, but if you can just try and keep some clarity and... Uh, maturity around it, would appreciate it, but come through. What do you make of what FINA has done and how can you see this impacting other sports around the world? 23 minutes past seven, here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.